0: Gentlemen, are you living your holy hour? Yes. Was there some dissension in that answer? You'll get sick of me asking that question, and I'd be very happy if you did. I know that sounds odd, but that's good, because it means you'll remember it for a long, hopefully, long, long time. Today, of course, we celebrate Mass in Spanish, and I have a Spanish phrase for you, vale la pena. And as the Spanish used to say it, vale la pena. That's what they would say. I've lived in Spain for two years, and uh, it is a common Spanish phrase, but especially in Spain. Vale la pena. It's worthwhile. And they would often use it, of course, to designate something that they valued very much and was worth the effort. Things that they didn't value so much, eh, non vale la pena. Things that were really important was worth an effort. And something was difficult, whether it was a class that we were taking or climbing up a high mountain or facing a difficult soccer opponent, right? Vale la pena. I'd like to talk to you today about something that is very worthwhile in the life of a seminarian, in the life of a priest. And that is faithfulness. Faithfulness to your vocation. Vale la pena. Unfortunately, we all know the negative effects of unfaithfulness in the priesthood. We have all heard or read of priests that have violated boundaries, embezzled money, even initiated a reign of terror over parish and staff. We know of priests that have been disobedient to their pastor, to their bishop. They live a life sometimes of luxurious bachelorhood where they preach heterodox positions from the pulpit. We know of priests that are men, unfortunately, too much of the world instead of being a man of God, like the Pharisees. Some, unfortunately, even give the scandal of of being arrested, having to leave active ministry, or have that severely, severely restricted. Certainly, we need to pray for ourselves and and for others, particularly those priests that have been very unfaithful to their priestly identity. But all the more it highlights, I think, how worthwhile it is each day for a priest to be faithful, not only for himself, but for others, and ultimately for God. The first step in being faithful as a priest is to be faithful to our fundamental vocation to holiness. Often when there is signs of unfaithfulness in the life of a priest it's because this more fundamental vocation to sanctity has been compromised. The universal call to holiness, (laughs) vale la pena, It's worthwhile and it is a revealed truth that you and I are called to be saints it's part of the deposit of the faith the Second Vatican Council puts it this way this way therefore in the church everyone whether belonging to the hierarchy or being cared for by it is called to holiness according to the saying of the Apostle for this is the will of God your sanctification you can find your call to holiness within revealed truth the catechism says all christians in any state or walk of life are called to the fullness of the christian life and to the perfection of charity all are called to holiness be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect our lord himself spoke those words So the first step in being faithful to a call, a particular call, is to be faithful to the universal call of holiness. But the call to the priesthood is a particular, a call within a call, a vocation within that wider vocation of holiness. But it's not something that you find in revealed truths. You know, like St. Paul's letter to the Colossians doesn't say that Mitch is called to the priesthood. At least I don't think so, Mitch. No, not seen. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, maybe the translation's off. But For the particular call, while not being part of certainly revealed truth, it is something that God does grant to us. It's the gift of a calling in the form of an interior light that he gives our intellect to help us to see the way for you to be a saint is to be a priest. It's discerned by an individual with the gift of his grace and with the help of others. In the case of a vocation to the priesthood, God speaks especially through the discernment of his church. Discerning the call to holiness is easy. It's right there. It's in Revealed Truth. We don't need anything more than that, really, to know we're called to be saints. But whether you're called to be a priest involves a discernment not only of yourself but also of the church. And again, while not part of the deposit of the faith We have to come to the moral certitude that we are called to be a priest. And that ultimately comes to us, ultimately comes to us on the day of ordination. When the bishop says, I call you or these to the order of diaconate, to the order of priesthood. Again, while the particular vocation to the priesthood is not The lumen fidei, because it's not a truth publicly revealed or part of the deposit of faith, God's enlightening of the intellect of an individual, of strengthening that individual's will regarding that particular vocation provides the conviction of faith concerning a truth and a great gift of God. One's particular vocation actually existed in God's mind before it's discovered by you and me. It's a gift bestowed upon us from eternity. Ephesians says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and without blemish before him. It's a definitive state, says a theologian, because it is the ascent to an eternal call. We can be again morally certain of this ultimately when the bishop makes the call to us. That's why I've never really been very comfortable with some priests having difficulty and say, "Well, I'm discerning something else." The sermon's over, dude. Right? You've got the call. But the question is, will you follow through? Will you be faithful? Will you respond? Ah, there's the question of faithfulness. So what is, what is faithfulness? Well, it's that decision to remain always on the path toward holiness that one is discovered with God's light, after looking for it with a sincere and upright attention, intention. So discernment is that search, and you do so with sincerity and with an upright intention. Once discovered, the decision to remain on that path, the decision to follow that discovery, is what faithfulness is. Pope Benedict put it this way, faithfulness over time is the name of love. Faithfulness over time is the name of love. And therefore also a way of manifesting love toward God and our neighbors to be faithful to our particular vocation. Faithfulness embraces all the dimension of our lives. For it involves the whole person Our intelligence, our will, our affections, our relationships, our memory. The whole person is to be faithful to that vocation. But faithfulness is a grace too, right? We don't have to white knuckle it and say, I'm going to be faithful. We also have and even more fundamentally than our own efforts, is the power of divine life, of grace. So that one discovers this particular path to holiness, this particular vocation, especially when it comes directly from the church, giving us that moral certitude, that clarity. One can then be assured that God will grant the assistance needed. That takes a lot of pressure off us, doesn't it? You know, you think, how can I be faithful? Well, if it's God's will, you've discerned that, the church has has given you the gift, do not worry. God will respond with the grace necessary to be faithful, He will never deny us this grace. However, we have to be cooperative in that divine life being given to us. We have to receive it and live with it. So we can certainly say that God supplies the grace, but we have to be disposed to receive it. In order to be faithful, for a priest, that involves a lot of things. Being faithful to your holy hour. Being faithful to spiritual direction, going on retreat, spending time with your brother priests, particularly in the convocation that is often called each year, doing spiritual reading, having a lively love for the Eucharist, celebrating Mass every day. All of those things are ways in which that grace that God gives superabundantly can be active in our life so that we remain faithful. Faithfulness also means a lot of little things. I've already indicated a few of them just now. In my life as a priest, sometimes it was just getting up in the morning. Right? Got early morning mass. Starts with confession at 6.15. Got mass at 6.30. You got to get up. That's something small, isn't it? But that's part of our faithfulness. Perseverance in little things for love's sake is actually heroism. It's heroic in little things. You see that well, I'm sure, as a seminarian. Small tasks of a seminarian are the content of a lot of your day and mine too. It's usually not made up of big tasks, big things, big decisions. It can be. But most of our day is the little things. How to remain faithful? Start with those little things. A priest has to do wedding paperwork. Oh, that can be a pain sometimes. We have to be patient with a parishioner who's complaining. we got to get that bulletin announcement in on time. Return that phone call or that email. Review the quarterly financial report. See every parishioner who's in the hospital that day. Meet with the youth, youth director to organize the retreat that's coming up. Etc. 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 In these little moments, it's not often that people are going to be affirming you, congratulating you thanks so much for returning my phone call. They'll expect that, as you should. And so sometimes these little things are things that don't cause others to be excited about us, about me. Yet it's precisely there where we need to be faithful in those little things so that we can be faithful in our vocation. Now, in the life of a priest, it seems to me that there are a number of things that are temptations against faithfulness, that we have to be aware of, certainly, and be on guard against. The first and fundamental thing is pride. I already kind of mentioned this fact. You know, it's, it's the white-knuckling kind of, I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to do this. I can persevere on my own. I don't need ongoing formation. I don't need a spiritual director. I don't need my that yearly retreat. I can do without humility. Well, doing all of that just means that faithfulness is going to be worn down, weakened, become very fragile, and ultimately result in some unfaithfulness. It's often the case for people in general, it seems to me, that are struggling with this, that it's their egoism that's been getting in the way. They're thinking of themselves too much. Because of that, a priest can often then lose his even desire to be faithful because life is all about himself and not about his service to others. A way to get out of this is, of course, to put our efforts into serving others and forgetting ourselves, truly being a gift to others. That way, humility grows and pride withers. In this way, we can be more faithful. Another temptation is sloth, laziness, just, or just no longer struggling about those little things that I mentioned. When we stop struggling against those little, completing those little tasks, sometimes even stop struggling against little defects in ourself and our personality or even little venial sins, it can then become very easy to start looking for compensations. Often that sloth can lead to an act of unfaithfulness or a life of unfaithfulness. There's no better time when we feel as though we can no longer struggle than to turn to God for grace, being assured that it is there. It's superabundant. At times, too, we need a wake-up call from a brother priest or a spiritual director, for at times even one of our parishioners or staff. And that can help us overcome our laziness, our slaughter. Another temptation is, is FOMO. You know FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. That can interfere with our faithfulness, too, because we figured, well, maybe I should go do something else, or maybe I should... And then our life becomes like our iPhone with lots of apps on it. We're always pressing all these other... Wanting to do many things, do a plethora of stuff, have all these experiences can keep us from being faithful to that one commitment that we have and staying faithful to it. Another thing that I think can interfere in the life of a priest with faithfulness is is disobedience. God rewards those with perseverance and faithfulness when we obey, starting with his will, and then also the will of others, our bishop, our parishioners, people that have authority over us, but also people that we serve. It's a certain obedience to the call of priestly ministry that is asked of our, from our people and asked of us. Right? Obeying that call is a great way to be faithful to who we are as priests. Finally, uh, a a final one that I I thought of too that can interfere with our faithfulness is just discouragement. You know, it happens. We all get discouraged sometime or another. It can be internal when we get discouraged by our own sins and miseries. Or it can be external When we see something going on outside of us, some sort of scandalous behavior, especially from other priests, and and we get a little discouraged, or things that are happening in the world and in the church that we don't quite agree with or having difficulties with, it can lead to some discouragement. That's true. But the constant evidence, for instance, that the church is made up of weak, flawed men and women shouldn't diminish our love for the church and for our vocation it can actually become a catalyst for encouraging us to be faithful because that's it's precisely in the dark moments where the light shines. It's precisely in those moments where things are discouraging and difficult where the faithful commitment of a priest makes a real difference in people's lives. So, how do we be faithful? Number one, you already know what it is, right? Gentlemen, are you living your holy hour? Right? I don't want to sound overly dogmatic, right? and I'm not a prophet, but let me just propose something to you. If you're faithful to your holy hour every day, you will be faithful as a priest. No one can do it for you. You have to decide. You can have the exterior image of being a wonderful holy priest, but you still have to make that decision every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. Another thing that can help us be faithful as priests is to have moments in which you really get, a, get your, in a certain sense, your identity as a priest ignited. Right? Not to forget who you are. Because at times when discouragements come or we notice our own weaknesses or there's some difficulty, we have to turn somewhere and somehow to kind of reignite our zeal, our enthusiasm. You may have noticed that some of the newly ordained have come back to the to the mount. That's one way to kind of reignite your zeal, right? Using your leisure day well, spending some time in, in prayer making sure that you spend time with brother priests, that can ignite your zeal, your faithfulness, your your priestly identity in a certain sense, lighting a fire underneath it, getting that idealism and enthusiasm back. When things become difficult, that's especially a time in which you need to step back and say, how can I, Lord, with your help and your grace, reignite my love for, for the priesthood, for who I am. Also, another thing to realize, think to me, remain faithful, is when there's a failing that happens, maybe to a small degree, or possibly to a great degree in your life, it's not the end. Even though it might be a great fall, It's not the end. If we humbly ask our Lord to help us begin again, it's possible. We've got to be very careful about our small failings, right? So they don't become big. But if they happen, small or big, private or public. And there are a lot of examples of priestly unfaithfulness that have been very public. Yet there are also some in which that particular priest decided that it wasn't the end and he was going to begin again. He was going to try again. He knew and believed deeply in the mercy of God, the help of his brothers, the need to start again. Failing in fidelity is not the end. We can always Begin again. And then finally, finally to say an, another way to remain faithful is, is an exercise of our memory, to remember the great promise that God Himself makes to those who are faithful. When God makes a promise, guess what? He can fulfill it. Right? It's gonna happen. Matthew 25, his master said to him, well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you are faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. The Lord promises greatness for those who are faithful. I give you great responsibilities. Come share your master's joy. It's a promise. And he will fulfill it. So we ask our lady who was faithful to the end. To the end including on the hill of Calvary. Including the fact that she prayed with the early church in the upper room. She was faithful not only to her vocation to holiness, of which she is the greatest of all saints, as we know, but faithful to that particular call that came at the Annunciation. We can turn to her on her mountain and say, Mary, our mother, Queen of the Mount, help me always to be faithful as you were faithful.